All right, summer fun starts now. So fun. I actually don't remember that that uh, song as to what episode it was on, but anyway. Well, so, you know what? Every one of those songs from Bob's Burgers is available on a soundtrack. Oh, yeah, even on vinyl. Really? Yes. Okay. And uh, the hamburgers are available in a uh, uh, recipe book. Anyway, <laughs> this is the uh, Chance of Gaming podcast, and this is episode 72, and uh, I'm Adam, and with me always is Roy. Hey, it's Roy from Michigan, where, I don't know, people are starting to walk around outside without masks on. Hmm. It's kind of pretty cool. And uh, Richard is not with us because it's his birthday, and since this, I assume, is the first birthday he's had since he almost died... Um, it would be kind of a big deal for him to be a, a big celebration of his life. So that's what he's doing. He's like, no, 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 I can't be bothered with this thing. Uh, I've got to go do this stuff. I'm getting presents. So it's the whole thing. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, I normally, I don't think we would do an episode. In fact, I, uh, cause we missed like last time. And so I would have normally kicked it another week, kicked the can down the road. However, in a strange, very strange turn of events, I have put the Chance of Gaming podcast on a couple of resumes. And so I was like, oh, crap, I better uh, update the episode because it's been like three weeks since we've done one. So, yes, yeah, so if, uh-huh. if you're listening, yeah, here you go. Uh, so, yeah, it is weird. It's like because one job I applied for, it actually says something about audio post-production and podcasting skills or knowledge you know is a bonus and i'm like aha i do that i do that. Mm-hmm. i've been doing that a long time and I've, so yeah you people at the uh, at the uh, um the, the the porn uh production warehouse that are thinking about hiring adam hire adam to to do what i guess that would be um i would be, for editing uh, right for uh well yeah there was yeah really there was some shooting and editing and all that in there but uh, anyway I get ahead or, of myself. Or fluffer, I don't know. Um, speaking <laughs> of uh, doing podcasting, I've actually been doing podcasting for probably over 15 years at this point. I started it with a friend of mine, and I actually hang out, hung out with him this week. And um, when he and I stopped, we only we, we did this podcast because it was new and had, uh, you know, it, it, they were nobody was doing them. This was like 15 mm-hmm. years ago, and... It was fun. We did about six months or so of it, and like I had some issues, and I, I quit. He kind of just kept going, and uh, has been very successful with it. So, oh, is that? I'm sorry, is that David? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really him. okay. Yeah, I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, it's that's him, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, he was up here doing some. Uh, he got some government consulting work and stuff like that. He leads a very interesting life. Although mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was just podcast. Well, I mean, podcasting started it for him and then that led him into like book deals and stuff like that. So it's just been going on. Yes. I have been uh, actually checking out his podcast. Uh, his, uh, it's, 
his next book is about uh, to come out, and um, yeah, so yeah, just an interesting life. Well, all right. <laughs> and it is funny though. Like he has like that thing that most people would kill for, like an established, large, large audience. Mm-hmm. And because um, I'm like, you could do anything. I'm like, you realize if you wanted to start like streaming on Twitch, video gaming you would immediately have, you know, 5,000 people that are going to come in and watch. and Just off the back of his listeners. Yes. So, yep. you know, everybody else would have to work for it to get to mm-hmm. that level, and you could just start it and just mm-hmm. be that way. You could get advertisers, and it would be like a whole other, you know, source of income for you. Anyway, so it's just... So, well, I was going to say that I have a listener. So I have a friend that I'm going to name uh, Veronica as the pseudonym I'm going to give her. Her real name's um, Betty. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But she said, you know, and she has a job where she has to drive uh, long distances every now and then. So, so she said, I, you know, I thought Roy has a podcast. Maybe I'll just check that out. And after she said that, I, I immediately apologized to her. I said, I'm so sorry. But she said, no, it was fine just to hear, you know, hear your voice and, 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 uh, and you guys talk about whatever. And I've had other people say as much, too. Um, my friend uh, Shannon McMaster is, kind of feels the same way about, about this podcast, that it's just, you know, kind of conversational, which, I mean, that's something that you've kind of aimed for before, too. So... Yeah, it's, I think it, we're succeeding at that. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's very stream of thought, and absolutely, I like I, I was telling my friend, I was like, yeah, it's I get enough. Uh, the technical term is uh, user engagement, uh, a listener engagement. I get enough of that, and then looking at the actual numbers of people listen, that it's absolutely worth it to me to continue doing it. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, I get to hang out with my friend Richard and Roy, uh, my friends, Richard and Roy, you know, every -hmm. every other week. I definitely would not want to do this. I think once a week, I think it would be get tedious, but Mm, usually by the, by the second week, I'm like, oh yeah, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about this. I can't wait to talk about that. Mm. I've got to ask Richard about this. Or ask Roy, you know, I heard, you know, my kid now wants to play this game that he was talking about, and you know, so it's always mm-hmm. something like that. So, and, have you uh, have you played any Coob lately? Oh no, I mean that's gonna be oh, my, that's right. my white whale, Roy. It is. I bought <laughs> a set, and I can't tell you how many times that I'm like, okay, hey, we're going on vacation, let's bring it. You know, they have a the place we're staying. We'll have a big yard, and we'll do it, and then I just mm-hmm. get around to it. Or it's like my my kid will come down and I'll be like, hey, you know, you might like this game. Let's do it. And then just something happens. I don't know. It's my white whale. Mm-hmm. Just no. thing. All right. All right. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we normally talk about tabletop gaming. That's the that's the idea of the show. And we just, we get around to it. But, yeah. Well, we talk about other stuff too. Yeah. Like TV. Yeah. So, um, and I see you've got on here the Mosquito Coast, which I yes. did not understand what kind of show that was. I, you know, I, I'm in episode two, and I still haven't figured out what the hell it's about. Um, so what's, but do you remember the, the movie that came out in, I guess, the what was it, 86 is when it came out. It had Harrison Ford and River Phoenix in it. Oh, and it's, wow. I had actually forgotten about that. It's based on the same book by Paul Thoreau. Um, but that, the you know, the, the film was... Wow. It was an adventure story. There was not. It wasn't seemed. It, it didn't seem to be very fraught with like 
um, danger and whatever, just about this family that moved to this place on the, um, so the Mosquito Coast is on the northwest, sorry, northeast coast of South America. So like Guyana, kind of in that area. And the the movie is they, they move and just, it's a kind of a Swiss Family Robinson kind of story, I think. But this uh, show that's on Apple TV is much darker with the government chasing them and uh, everything else. So I, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell it's about. All right. The tagline on it is a inventor spurns his city life and moves his family into the jungles of Central America to make a utopia. So, yeah, so that's in the film. Yes, the film. The, the, the series says an, an idealist uproots his family and moves them to Latin America. So, I mean, it's it's around the edges. It's the same premise. But this uh, this TV series is a very grim uh, kind of show. OK, yeah, so I'm I, still I'm still trying to figure out what it's about. I had just seen it uh advertised heavily on Apple TV. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on there. So, mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You watching anything else? Uh, so I'm rewatching old episodes, or watching actually old episodes of Bob's Burgers, and Man Alive. What a great show that is! And that's why I I suggested to Adam that we put uh, the the fun 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 um, bumper at the beginning of the show. Uh, you can get the soundtrack, so it's available on. Like I listen to it through Amazon Music, but the like all of those little ditties and things that they do in Bob's Burgers. There's, they're all, you know, on, well, you said on vinyl somewhere, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it has, I think, a four vinyl soundtrack. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they have a Christmas album? Yep. So. I try to throw it on, because all this stuff is on Spotify, too, so you can throw it on. Oh, okay, yep. There as well. Yep. Uh, interestingly enough, like, I've been watching it since it, it started, and in my opinion, it was better in the, I still like it. I still watch it. It was better in the beginning because it was way more adult. And mm -hmm. what happened was apparently the creator, Louise Bouchard or whatever, uh, said he started toning it down when he noticed like kids were watching it. And so there you go. Be oh, right. Because, okay, one of my favorite, if not my, my absolute favorite episode is the one where... Um, the kids go to the uh, the old taffy factory to try okay, to, yep. to look for gold. I mean, it's basically oh, and and Bob has an erection the yes, whole the whole okay, time yep. because uh -huh. because Linda slipped him a uh, Viagra basically in his food and yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's hysterical the stuff uh, they say in that and so yeah. So. Now see, I was thinking about I was thinking about Gene. And I, it'd be nice to have a database of all the things that Gene is into. I would just watch the episode that called uh, "The Kids Run the Restaurant," where uh, it's is that the one? I'm not sure. No, that's the one where Bob cuts himself. There's um, the Gene in, in one episode. He's into competitive table placement. Oh yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And so I just he's there's so many like just weird crap that he's into. I you know I it'd be nice to have a, a, a database of all that kind of kind of stuff about Gene. It's like yeah, the kids are lazy. They are uh you know they're they're not physically active or whatever. Uh, Tina is kind of a pervert uh, <laughs> a, a little bit, which is uh, is a different because she's like obsessed with like their dentist 
you know, and she's always like hitting on him and stuff, and he doesn't even mm-hmm. notice it, I guess. Thank God, because you know <laughs> he's probably thirty something, and I think she's fourteen, something, you know, something like that. And yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Uh oh yeah. With the episode, my other favorite is where uh, Louise gets into the boy band. Oh yep. Uh, yeah. And, and Boo Boo, she's after. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh, that's the one with the cont- competitive table placement, because that's where oh, Gene is. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, um, so you actually got around to watching Prospect. Where did you Prospect. watch it at? On Hulu? Yes, on Hulu. Um, yeah, and I was I was very taken with this movie. It's, um, let's see, it's it's directed by a first-time, like, feature uh, director by the name of oh, Zeke Earl. It lives in, in Seattle. And so most of this film was shot, I'm guessing, somewhere in and around Seattle. Um, I don't know what's what. What did you think about it? What's your uh, your take on Prospect? Uh, it was really cool. It was it had a lot of buzz around it because it. Was, oh, did it? Yes, okay. it was one of those like oh, one of those oh yeah. There's this independent film that's that's out. You've got to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it usually those things have some kind of um, something unique about it. You know, something that makes it like worth actually looking at and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember just hearing about it and like the whole premise of the show, uh, sorry, the show, the film is it's like a guy and his daughter end up on some, it's a They plant. call it the, the green moon is what they call it. Yeah. I'm going to say it's indoor. <laughs> it, the, <laughs> the forest moon of indoor. Uh, anyway, it's, it's covered in poisonous spores. So they had to wear the suits all the time. They're supposed to mine for gems. And yeah. so, and yeah, just shenanigans, you know, happened. It's a pretty interesting uh, drama. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and it has Pedro Pascal in it. I mean, that was the yeah, end. That was their big get. And the other notable name is J. Duplass, who is a filmmaker. He oh, plays Damon. Damon. Okay. That is always really weird when that happens. I it really happened. Speaking of Pedro Pascal in The Mandalorian, when they got freaking Warner Herzog of all people mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to yeah to play in them yeah that that really surprised the hell out of me. I'm like, is that Warner Herzog? I'm like, yes, it is. He looks like he's gained weight, <laughs> but yes, that's him. Okay. That's a very distinctive voice for sure. Uh huh. It's like oh, it's back in the thing. yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah. Oh. Well, I was going to say that Prospect, and I think to me, Pedro Pascal really super de duper reminds me of Nathan Fillion. And so this movie, in, to me, feels like it's, it's set in the same universe as Firefly. Because, you know, the, the tech is kind of on the edge and these people are kind of fringy people, um, you know, just kind of scraping by. So to me, it feels like it's set, uh, you know, in the same world as Firefly. I, I could see that, but it's I it uh, from just a uh, as the kids say, an aesthetic look. Yes, yeah. But it does not have the humor, though. I I would definitely. Oh, that's say. true. There's some of the dialogue that uh, that Pedro Pascal puts out that that really reminds me of the the times when when Captain Mal gets a little bit more. Um, uh, eloquent with this speech. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the one I always think of is my my 
days of not taking you seriously are definitely coming to a middle. Oh, yep, yep. I use that phrase quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. When that film came out, it, there was another one that came out around the same time. And. Ah, okay. I had to. Are we talking about Prospect or Serenity? Uh, sorry. Uh, Prospect. Okay. And right. uh, let's see. What year was Prospect? It's a pretty current. Yeah. I, I, I guess like, I should have put a link in there. I'm sorry. I guess That's 2017. Not... Wait, oh, wait, really? I think. Okay. It, it's 20... Somewhere between 15 and 17. Anyway. Uh, right... I'm the asshole that didn't put the thing on... The, or put the uh, IMDB link on there. I'll, I'll fix that. One that reminded me of the... And of course, all our stuff is available in the show notes. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a whole other reason 2018. Why. Okay. All right. Pro- well, well shit. It's the same year then. Um, uh, another reason why I wanted to do a show this time is because... I had a whole bunch of uh, cards with the Siege of Vicksburg on one side and the Chance of Gaming podcast on the other distributed at uh, Little Wars and a couple of other conventions lately. So I've noticed all of a sudden I'm getting traffic on like Facebook and stuff like that, new likes and new whatnot. So, so um, Oh, really? Okay, right. so if you're listening so- to us for the first time, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we're generally not organized just period. <laughs> that's that's our brand. Mm-hmm. It is. So tell me about High Life. Okay, so it came out around the same time, and it has the the poor. This is not the Steve Winwood song, right? No. Back okay. in the high. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it it's back uh, with what's his name uh, from Twilight, uh, Robert Pattinson, who managed to break out of that film series and do really well for himself. I'm dying to see his take on Batman. But, um, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, this is a High Life as a science fiction horror film, and it, it, it reminds me a lot of Prospect in the sense of most of it takes place in a very uh, small space. It takes place in a spaceship. It's this group of uh, criminals who are sent uh, to investigate a black hole. They're, they're supposed to do some experiments and stuff like that because, you know, it's like, hey, they're all sentenced to death for one reason or another. So they're like a guinea pig, basically. And uh, the doctor running thing, she's fixated on creating a child through artificial insemination, but has yet to find success. And yeah, it's, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it's now it's, it's a little weird. And um, yeah, but it, it reminds me of Prospect. A good bit. Oh, all right. Interesting. And uh, Pattinson is excellent in that. Speaking of weird movies of sex, I watched The Shape of Water today, which I had never seen before, which is on on Hulu. Have, uh, have you seen that one? Yes, it's it's good. Um, yeah, it it's Del Toro, and mm-hmm. um, golly, the thing I saw on Twitter that always makes I think of this every single time somebody talks about it. And uh, somebody on Twitter at some point said something like, you know, we we spent that whole, you know, what two hours and I never saw the fish's penis, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever. And so, yep. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a really weird movie. Uh, see, that sounds like a Kevin Smith thing. Something like he'd go on. I want to see some fish dick. Well, you know, they did that whole thing with mall rats where they talked about the thing and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's wrong with your friend. He's obsessed with superheroes, his sex organs. And yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, was uh pretty good and was that the last del toro film that came out i mean that was just a few years ago i don't, I don't know. know time has 
has no meaning now that I've gotten older. It's just a really weird thing. It's just like, well, was that last year? No, that was 20 years ago. Hmm. Surely the 90s, that was just like 10 years ago, right? No, yeah. it's not. But uh, speaking of like awesome time and weird things is uh, Modoc is on uh, Hulu and it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I really get a kick out of it. No, okay. I'm the target audience for that, and it's because I know who MODOK is, and I've always liked him, because he's this ridiculous idea for a character that actually works on the comic page. I I know how, you know, people used to come up with just, like, new villains or whatever. For crying out loud, there is a Spider-Man villain called uh, Stilt Man, and that's, like, his thing. He just has a suit that his it has like robot legs that allow him to be on stilts that was it <laughs> so somebody came up with modok it's like well, we're just kind of this big giant head running around blasting people with mind blast or whatever but it actually works and so to look at this and then somebody go all right well let's make a comedy show and have Patton oswalt voice him I, it was perfect, absolutely perfect, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm like, I'm the target audience for this. Now, that being said, I will say that, uh, I mean, it's not laugh out loud, but it has that potential. I laughed a couple of times, I smiled a lot, I actually, it, it actually makes you feel for the characters, which is kind of weird, you know, where actually I was like, oh, well, I actually care about his uh, life and his struggle, yeah. Basic, mm-hmm. Basically, he's trying to be a supervillain, but he's also married, and he has two kids, and so he's just trying to make all that work, too. His wife, you know, is getting mad at him, and uh, is trying She's to a do- semi-successful YouTuber. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> like, her career is blowing up, and he cannot seem to do anything right. And, uh, yeah, but I really dug it. And uh, it'll lead into something. I'm going to talk about what I've been playing in a minute. So, yeah, there you go. It, uh, so it's done in kind of that the same sort of animation style as Robot Chicken. Although, of course, Robot Chicken has done all with the action figures. This is kind of looks the same, but I'm sure it's pretty sure it's all CGI. Yeah, yeah, very true, and uh, it, which gives it a unique look. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I like it. You've only watched uh, what two episodes in? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might, might not even have finished the second one. I finished it the uh, the other day, and yeah, it's really cool. So, anyway. So what you been playing, Roy? So let's see. Uh, Friday night, we're we're doing in-person game nights again. Uh, I taught, played a game called uh, Pandemic Hot Zone, which is a smaller footprint. And I'm sure I've talked about this before. A smaller footprint, pandemic game that's set just in North America. And uh, so, like in standard pandemic, you're you're curing curing four uh, diseases, and here you're just doing three. Um, but there's ways that you can kind of throw crises into the deck that um, hinder you a little bit. But it also makes your draw deck bigger, which we we lost one time, and we almost lost the second time because our draw deck ran out. So if you throw crises in there, then in theory that makes your draw deck bigger. So I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. So it's um, generally just to be uh, to play faster, I guess, right? Yes. Yep. So it's a, a more accessible version of Pandemic. Uh, we played two games of that. Won one, lost the second one, or lost the first one, and won the second one. Um, 
Then I played a game of Splendor, uh, which is a, and I'm sure I talked about this before too. It's a, it's a, it's a set collection game. So you're collecting um, gems of four different colors, five different colors, uh, and using those gems to make jewelry. And so once you have the the particular series of gems that you need to collect a card, then you can collect a card, uh, which is, you know, will give you victory points. So you play it to 15 points, um, and that's Splendor. And there's several expansions to that, too, although I don't have any of them. Please tell me you then have to sell the jewelry. Like, you have to, like, you know, harass your friends and stuff. Like, hey, my <laughs> wife got into this. Please, you know, t- please buy it. And, you know. Yeah, this is this is like an entry for Amway. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I could totally see. Man, somebody should gamify a um, multi-level marketing scheme. Why has nobody done that? If Yeah. Oh. If, if you well, know of a game that is that or is close to it, yeah, just chance of gaming at Gmail. Cause I it's kind of like Rule 37 in the internet. I'm sure that somebody has now that you've mentioned it. Or so, yeah, somebody should. That would be a whole thing. Like, you know, okay, roll to see if you convince your your uh, classmates from high school that you haven't spoken to in 20 years to buy in and yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh and then i played a game of marvel champions again um i need to play some more of this this is a um it's a co-op uh card game where you're you're you know you're you're beating down the bad guy um so yeah, it, that's an lcg right yes yep from um Oh, shoot. Who did it? It is a Fantasy Flight game where all good LCGs come from, I guess. Yeah, very true. Um, I it, It's been on my radar lately because I was looking for um, some Marvel... I, I was looking for a Marvel deck box, which, as far as I can tell, does not exist. You would think, you know, Magic players or just anybody that has some kind of card game would want to carry their deck in a Spider-Man box or something. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as I can tell, it doesn't exist. However, I did find a whole lot of Marvel themed sleeves that are apparently attached to Marvel champions. So, Oh, alrighty then. And that's uh, pretty much what I've been playing. Now I, in my hunt for Marvel sleeves, it was because I had, I just started playing uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Oh, yeah? All yes. Right. And, like, my very first purchase was MODOK. They have him for that. And uh, <laughs> I've talked about that on the show. I was like, okay, this, uh, when it finally came out, I was like, look, they have MODOK. This is so ridiculous. I, I'm i like, at some point, whether I play this game or not, I will buy this figure. And sure enough, I played it. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. For whatever reason, it just took off at my store. Just foosh. Flamed up, it's cheap to get into. Uh, it plays in about 45 minutes, and mm-hmm. uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. So is it uh, similar to Hero Clicks? Like, played on a grid, maybe? No. Uh, okay. It's like, yes, it is similar, but it's not a grid. It's actually, okay. it's done by Atomic Mass Games, uh, and it plays similar to Legion. In the, oh, okay, cool. In, in the yeah. sense that you have the little... little <clears throat> Uh, sticks that that's how you move that's how you check range and Mm -hmm. uh yeah although you own there's only one type of dice to roll and it's a d8 and it has Mm -hmm. like uh you know success it has like a hit it has a defense it has a wild card 
it has a blank, and then the other one is like a critical, so, which means not only does it work, but you get to roll again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and basically, the gist of the game is I take 10 figures, and I bring them to the store, and I, I bump into Roy, and instead of a dance battle, we're going to play a Marvel Crisis Protocol. Roy, <laughs> Roy has his 10 figures, and we um, we can do it randomly, or we can agree on, or we could just agree to a point cost to play. And then that's when we start going, okay, well, I, I go first, so I'm choosing my figure first. So I choose Doctor Strange. And so Roy looks at that and goes, okay, that means he's going to have mystic uh, power. So I need something to counter that. So you get, you know, Ultron or somebody, whoever would counter it. I don't honestly know. But uh, mm-hmm. it's just real simple because there's only three forms of attack. That's physical, mystical, and energy. So some figures are stronger in something than others. So you basically are just trying to counter your opponent. And then all the missions are uh, objective-based. And so, yeah, you just play the mission. And there'll be two different types of objectives in the game. It's just, I oh mean, it plays really fast. It's really easy and a hell of a lot of fun. And so I'm hoping to, uh, yeah, get some stuff painted in the future. Because mm-hmm. I think the uh, the box set comes with like 10 guys. And then I bought, I bought MODOK. I bought uh, Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales. They come together. I bought Rocket and Groot. They come together. And I bought Ghost Rider. And uh, so I have all of those and the figures that came with it, which is like uh, Ultron, Captain America, Iron Man, the Red Skull. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is, in true comic fashion, you can actually have uh, heroes and villains working together. Because that happens sometimes. No. Although, you know, it, there's synergies around, like, uh, the spider family, you know, and then there's, like, a spider villain family, and there's X-Men, and, yeah, so just kind of neat. It's hmm. All right. just a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, hmm. I hope we get a tournament going off the ground, and because uh, I like to play it. I, I will say, I've, I've been putting these together just because I had the time and I wanted to be able to field them. But they come with some damn near microscopic parts. Like uh, Rocket Raccoon, for whatever reason, the upper part of his uh, mouth, which includes the nose, is a separate part. And it is damn near microscopic. I know this because I dropped it. And then spent <laughs> Where hour, the hell did it go? Yes, hours on my hands and knees trying to find it. And then I just, it, it just absolutely struggled. To get the damn thing glued on there because I'm like, ah, who designed this? There's a special place in hell for them. Anyway. So, so does it come modeled with him on that big tree root? Yes. You Interesting. Put him together and that's, oh yeah, that's, they're mostly single pose. You, you really can't change it much or, or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so. Hmm. But that's it. Uh, I also played uh, Age of Sigmar. My friend is getting into that. And a new version of it's coming out very soon. And uh, I bought the new codex for the undead yesterday because it has uh, vampire werewolves in it. And I thought that was kind of cool. And I'm like, ooh, I might 
play this as a faction. They look kind of neat. Am I what, vampires and werewolves? Well, they are... They There's vampires in the book, and what they did was they kind of divvied them up into different families, quote-unquote, and with different aspects of vampirism on there. Like, you know, there's a wolf aspect to vampires. You know, Dracula can turn into a wolf. Oh, yeah. So there's this, this section of vampires that is... You know, they control dire wolves, and they, you know, are very uh, physically strong. There's one character is uh, basically made up of rats, you know, because that was an aspect of Dracula as well, the big pile of rats. A rat golem. Yeah, and so... Okay. And so, yeah, with the wolf thing, I was just interested. So is, uh, what's uh, Legion doing in your area? You, you, you've you insinuated that it's kind of starting to taper off. But... Well... It has, but uh, the new stuff finally reached my store, the uh, you know, the Rebel van, the... and okay, yep. that um, Imperial thing that uh, it's a transport tube. It flies. Whatever that it that is. looks cool. The the Imperial. I wish the uh, the Rebel was a little bit more. I don't know, sexy like. Eh, yeah, the... I know. <laughs> At least you get a driver or something with it. And honestly, I want to see somebody painted up like the uh, Spaceballs uh, Winnebago. <laughs> yep. I, I think it would do that. Uh, so that kind of revitalized it. Everybody rushed out and picked them up. And Oh, yeah, the Imperial thing is also fieldable by the clones. And, oh, okay. Uh, I actually saw it for the first time watching Rebels. It dropped off in the background, and some guys got out, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's where that thing came from. Mm-hmm. Whatever, all right. And then I also noticed, uh, what is it, Dave Fiore, whatever his name is, the guy in charge of Mandalorian. He was uh, apparently a producer with Rebels. That's where he got to start. I'm like, oh, okay, yep. I didn't know he, that. Uh, he got promoted or something, I remember seeing. Yeah, he's now creative director or something. But, I mean, it, Legion was dying. We had a friend a uh, a fellow player who had been in the hospital and at home with covid for like a long time mm-hmm. a, a couple of months almost died once and finally he's coming back out and he's been playing and i'm like come on man i'm like nobody nobody plays this anymore we've all moved on to armada he's like shut up it's like i didn't get mm-hmm. to play it i was di- i was too busy dying i'm like well <laughs> there you go uh we hope so, X-Wing picks up, too. We, we, oh, yeah? You're actually starting to see a handful of games here and there. Maybe it's coming back. Hmm. All right. Because they're certainly producing things for it. And, uh, yeah. Well, so, I'm sorry. I have to hijack your what you got going on here for a little bit. Go and talk about, Go back to Legion a little bit. Um, so, I had a friend by the name of Dana. And uh, Dana was a, a, a Legion player and... Um, we had a lot of fun playing, and he he passed away uh, on Friday, and so I'm gonna miss that guy. So we talked, I don't know. We've talked about him on the show a lot. I mean, yeah. a lot. Maybe even on the very first episode. It seems like he was like the first guy you ever told you were on a podcast for. Yeah, it could be, could be. Yeah. But uh, Dana had been sick for a while, um, and uh, he he gave up his fight on Friday. Sorry, man. It's... Yeah. Well, and like I said on Twitter, people die every day, and sometimes it's people you care about, and eventually it's you. So yeah, that's very true. 
and the older you get, the more often that it seems like that happens. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I don't like getting old, Roy. I don't like it at all. Raise a glass to Dana if you feel so inclined. Absolutely. Yeah. And the. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say what uh, I'm, I'm putting you back on the rails here. Uh, the only other thing I have been doing is um, Mass Effect. The new, ver the remastered version of the trilogy came out, mm -hmm. and uh, I've been playing it. I'm going through the first one, which honestly is a little bit of a slog for me because I'm chomping at the bit to get to the second one. <laughs> Because it's, mm -hmm. it's my absolute favorite is the uh, is Mass Effect 2. It's like literally the greatest game ever. I love it so absolutely and utterly so much. And so I'm... It's, it, it, yeah, it's just a bit, little bit of a slog, but I still like it. It's nice to see the characters being introduced and all that. And uh, yeah. I, you know, I, ha I have Mass Effect, the first one, and I, I... First of all, I don't like the third person. Uh, I like the first person uh, sorts of games. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna finish it. I picked it up on a on a discount, like at a you know out of the bargain bin or something once. But then people say it's great, but it's I don't know. I guess it's not for me. Well, yeah, I understand. It's basically it's a third person shooter slash role playing game. The combat is done third person, but it is a role playing game. You know, you level up, mm -hmm. you do stuff, you get powers and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's real time. It's you, it. Because somebody was telling me he didn't like uh, Fallout because of the, uh, what is it, the VAT system? Oh, VATS, yep. Which, you know, pauses things or slows it down greatly, and then you click clear, click there, I want to try to shoot this guy in the head, and mm -hmm. then go. But, uh, yeah, there's none of that in Mass Effect. So. I, I like VATS. VATS is, is pretty cool on, with Fallout. Mm, me too. I Golly, it's been a while since we had one. I'm, 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 I suck at those twitchy games. Mm, me too. Uh, have you played Fallout 76? No. Me neither. I've not. Cause I, I hear heard, it's terrible. Yeah, I had heard it like it was like multiplayer, and I'm like, I don't want to play multiplayer. I just want to play Fallout in my own little world and not have, yep. to, not have to worry Wander about it. around and see what trouble you can get into. Yeah, and I don't want somebody to kill me with a better weapon than I have or burn my house down. It's no fun. <laughs> that they paid 30 bucks for. Yeah. Uh huh. So, what have you been playing? Anything uh, else? No, sorry. I'm sorry. I it's Pavlovian. We hit to this part where, I, yeah, I, where, I got rich, you. where Rich is, and I immediately just I just conditioned to go. What have you been playing? What have you been, what have you been playing, Rich? I've been playing lots of cool stuff involving hexes <laughs> and counters and rolling dice and probably advanced and, squad leader and tweezers and tweezers. Yes. Also, <laughs> GMT is awesome. That's it. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty good, Rich. I don't know. He has a much deeper voice, though. Uh, we do have a sponsor. We have Mike over at Alter Dementia. And you can see that linked in the show notes because it's spelled really weird. There's like a three in there and a whole thing. And you could do, use your discount code of COG2019 to get 20% off your order and stuff. And uh, which reminds me for Marvel Crisis Protocol. The terrain that comes in the box, there's two dumpsters. So I want to find somebody that 3D prints fire that I could put in there. It would be a dumpster <laughs> fire. 
or uh-huh. some or some three D printed garbage bags. I bet Mike could do that. I need to, I need to ask him because I think that would be fun just to have garbage bags stuck in there. You know, you could take them out and hit them. Oh yeah, that's the other cool thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with a bag of used needles. Yeah, Crisis Protocol plays uh, basically like a comic book. You can, if your character can do it, throw anything on the board, be it a three-story brownstone or a car or whatever, at another player. You can even throw characters at another player, and so yeah. Just very, very much, very uh, comic book feel. So, there you go. So, is that a, a valid um, s- strategy to grab a teammate who's maybe more versed in close combat and throw them at the bad guy, at the uh, other guy? Maybe, if I remember correctly from uh, X Men, Colossus used to throw Wolverine at people. He called it the fastball special. Almost mm-hmm. positive. So, there you go. All right. Anyway. So, uh, on to what's in your sonar, where we talk about, like, you know, things that have just appeared to us in one way or another. Not necessarily new things, but just stuff that we just found out about. And, uh, yeah, the first thing we have comes from Mythic Games, which you probably know that. They've made a ton of stuff. Is Six Siege, the board game. Why is it called Six Siege? Because Tom Clancy's, um estate is probably litigious so we can't say this is rainbow six the siege the board game but that's certainly what it looks like to me although i don't understand okay they have ubisoft listed right here so i don't Mm -hmm. uh, it even says based on ubisoft's acclaimed tom clancy's rainbow six siege so why is this not rainbow six siege the board game i don't know so Uh, well it, we may know on launch. I mean, this may be an actual really fun type of game to play. Uh, I want to enjoy Rainbow Six Siege, but it's too twitchy for me. I'm not good at it, where I would be like, okay, I'm going to sit in a room and wait on some guys to try to come in through this window, but they don't. They came mm-hmm. up through the floor, and they shot me in the head, and that's it. So, yeah. I know. QQ noob. It's, get, it's get more for the kids. I guess and for so. for old guys like you and I, it's gotta be, gotta be. Well, those, like, those like, kids, uh, like my um, guy at my local shop is prone to say, money is a skill. So how come I can't like buy better stuff to beat the kids? <laughs> That's what I need. So anyway, ah, uh, the next thing we had was Stargate Timekeepers, which is a real time strategy game coming from Slytherin of all places. That's basically why we're talking about it. Is not only is it Stargate, and I love Stargate, but Slytherin is well known for computerized versions of hex encounter games, and they are going oh, to okay. do something with Stargate. I mean, there's nothing but you know just a cheesy announcement trailer, but and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really remember any kind of like RTS elements of of the Stargate movie. Well, I guess if you think about it, sort of. Okay, so I send, you know, uh, SG-1 out to this planet. They go through the gate, they go to the planet, and then, like, they have, I don't know, uh, uh, goals or something there that I want. So then I guess I should then send a group of miners in to mine the gold and stuff. I mean, it could be. 
I mean, it's a stretch for sure. It's absolutely a stretch. And so there is a screenshot in there, uh, farther down on that on that article, or I guess there's plenty of screenshots. Never mind. So yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm looking through the through the info here. Well, if you scroll all the way down, they do uh, they show the screenshots for Battlestar uh, Galactica Deadlock, which oh, okay, which is that's the Battlestar Galactica RTS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I actually own it, but I haven't played it. Uh, that actually works because you're actually a fleet of people gathering resources and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I do like that they mentioned uh, we haven't seen Stargate on a in a video game since like 2010, and that was Stargate Resistance. It was an online third person shooter. I honestly don't even know if that thing ever came. Did did it even exist, or was it just vaporware? Because it was supposed to be like a uh, uh, like World of Warcraft, you know. Mm-hmm. It was an exploratory action shooter that was available online only by subscription between February 2010 and January. Uh, sorry, February 2010 and January 2011. So only for one year, actually only eleven months. So, hmm, interesting. You know they should really do something with the Stargate franchise. When you think of uh, about just how much money you know Star Wars and Star Trek make, there are mm-hmm. other companies <clears throat> like um, whoever, like uh, Warner Brothers, which is sitting on Babylon Five. They could, okay. they could do something with that IP. Uh, the Stargate franchise, dadgum. I mean, there was, I swear, like 30 TV shows for that. Why not do something with it? You know, it, I don't know. They don't They don't ask me. So, um, <laughs> moving on to Illuminati Confirmed. Another Steve Jackson Kickstarter. And uh, by the time you hear this, you may have about 24 hours to hit this one. Maybe not, depending on how much stuff I have to do tomorrow to edit this. They wanted fifty-two grand. As of this podcast, they're up to ninety-nine grand. And uh, yeah, are you familiar with the Illuminati card game? I am not, although I've seen it. Uh, I've never played it before. Me neither. I absolutely remember it. I absolutely remember when uh, it got turned into a uh, a CCG. And uh, yeah this they're gonna do a oh it's it appears to be an app is what this is so it's like a computerized version of the illuminati card game it'll be on steam it'll be on the app store and uh, okay you know i can actually get behind this i know i give uh, steve jackson a lot of shit for um for kickstarting stuff but this is i could get this you know this is a, a big jump this is you're trying to get your game coded over into a video game for all the kids to play and uh yeah might be neat but i don't know it's i don't know how it plays or anything about it i just remember the artwork and i remember people playing it like a hundred years ago in the 90s so anyway the next thing we had was castle panic deluxe collection uh yeah i threw that in there yeah, I, I actually had a friend mention this to me as well. All right, 
with this they wanted 60 grand they have up to they're they're up to 300 grand now with 11 days left to go as of this podcast i i hate reading this shit that says this project will not be sold through distribution will be available on our website at an increased price. I mean, I'm pretty sure every Kickstarter that says it won't be sold at distribution had to eat those words. I mean, I can go buy hate <laughs> right now from Miniature Market. Mm-hmm. That being said, the price here, it's, it's, a, it's a little high, I think. Because um, they want 60 bucks for just Castle Panic, the wood edition, which is a new version of the base game. With uh, with the plastic castle pieces, but without the monster miniatures. Note, does not include any monster minis. Does not include oh. any components from any of the expansions. So, have you played this But game? you can also get just... The, I have. I have a copy of it. Okay. You can also get just the plastic bits and upgrade your the copy that you already have, too. It's true. Now, you can get all of them. But that's also 60 bucks. Yeah, let's see. To do the the whole shebang, the deluxe collection, which gives you Castle Castle Panic Deluxe, the Dark Titan Deluxe, Engines of War Deluxe, Wizard's Tower Deluxe, Crowns and Quest Deluxe, and the play map, three hundred and fifty bucks. I eh, I don't know. Let's see. You have to really like Castle Panic. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Let's see, and apparently 661 people really like it. And I have to say, I cannot imagine what shipping would be on that, because that's going to be a ginormous box Hmm. that's coming to your door. I mean, just scrolling down, like, looking at all the stuff, it is crazy with all the stuff that comes. Now, (laughs) okay, remember he said it would not be available at distributors. Yep. So you can actually go up here and get a retailer pledge. Though. Oh, so I got you. Yep. I, I don't understand that. Would you stop like miniature market from buying? I don't know. I just, I don't get it. Whatever. I mean, I get it. You want people to buy this because you make more money on it. Blah, blah, blah. So. Moving on to Outward Realms. This is one I believe I stuck on here. They wanted a music. It's a fast-paced miniature game for two players they wanted five grand they're up to 23 grand they've got 23 days left to go oh wow and uh it kind of struck me a little bit as kind of i don't know just a little bit a little high for for what it is and just looking at the quality of the miniatures it 48 dollars for just the rule book yeah that's like games workshop prices and then, because it's $49 for a faction starter. But what do you get in those? If you look over, it's basically two, four, five, basically eight miniatures for 50 bucks. It comes with your tokens and your cards. That's not too bad. So, um, what, six, six bucks a miniature? Yeah. Six and a quarter? And, well, and some of them have like more miniatures. Like if you look at the Hex- Hexagata faction. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six. There's fifteen uh, figures in that, and but some of them on like the other one is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in it. And uh, I mean, especially looking at that, the Nepal sterilizer nodes. 
it just doesn't look that impressive. It looks 3D sculpted and 3D printed. Not a lot of detail, in my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. l- looking at it. And same. Well, this is just artwork, though, right? Well, it shows you. It says this is what you get, and you're right. This could just be a 3D representation of it. But if this is what the miniature is supposed to look like, it just doesn't look that detailed. Oh, and, uh-huh. if, and if you're going to 3D print it, which I'm scared they are, you're going to lose some detail. In it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It, uh, yeah. So, basically, to get into this game is basically $100, plus shipping. That gives you one faction and the rule book. I've seen kind of a lot of stuff like this, though, that at that price would give you the rule book and two factions. I don't know. Like, even uh, for 200 bucks, you can get the Realm Battle Force, which is a bigger uh, thing. It's basically uh, two, three times the size of the thing, but it's also three times as much. I don't know. It's, But again, this is yet another, this is another sci-fi skirmish game. Mm-hmm. It, they swear the, the Realm are very Tau, Tau Stormtrooper looking. Very true. It seems like they come out with these about... You know, every two three months, somebody comes out with one. They are, mm-hmm. and they tied in fat mini, uh, fat mat, fat mats t- from Table War. So it gets you a four by four game map. Oh man, I should buy into this so I can actually get some uh, use out of the two four by four mats I have. <laughs> I've had them and I've never used them. I can't remember what I bought them for. If it was War Machine or something. And uh, every time a new game comes out, like Marvel Crisis Protocol, I'm like, "Hey, does it use four x four? No, it uses three x three. Fuck. Hmm. It's always it's always bigger, always smaller. Yeah, yeah that's... anyway. So the next thing we had was, oh yeah, there is a new faction coming out for Moonstone the game, and I've actually got to get my stuff painted so I can play this at the upcoming uh, historic Kansas City Fest in end of July. Because uh, I bought into it, and so did at the last sale they had, and um, so did uh, Matt from History on the Table. So mm-hmm. we both have a faction. We get them painted up. We can actually play this game we bought into. So this is a new faction. It's coming into Kickstarter June fifth, so in about a week, and uh, it will a brand new 176 page expansion book called The Arising a campaign card deck, and a Kickstarter-exclusive limited-edition miniature, Diana Enraged. Well, they made Diana mad. She looks mad. Looks like she has a bunch of holes in her face. I don't like that. It kind of bothers my trypophobia. Or is she wearing a skull? I think she's wearing a skull. I'm not sure. She does have a bare midriff. Maybe that's important. And some big, giant finger hands. I don't know. So, But anyway, I guess... Basically, it's more for the expansion. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I've seen plenty of companies do this before. But you can also do, like, the catch-up pledges where you can get, uh, like, the Moonstone rulebook and some extra stuff for it. So, I always kind of like that. And, uh, I don't know. I'll have to look at it and see. I still like the art direction of the game. But I've yet to play it. Hopefully, that'll change in a couple of months. Anyway, moving on to actual news this would be the uh, the Richard section, so I just stole this from Reddit, and I'm trying to see who posted it. Sound of the Dice posted this. I'm sure he's listening. 
And uh, this is Dispatches from the Virtual San Diego Historicon of 2021. So they didn't meet in person. So there was a bunch of online stuff. And so companies still made like announcements and stuff. Uh, starting like with Academy Games, they're working on a new uh, Conflict of Heroes title based in France. And see, that's the one that I still don't own that I like because their production value is so good. The counters are so big. They're thick. They're like uh, satin coated. They're just really, really nice. And I still have not got a copy of the new version of uh, Awakening the Bear, the Eastern Front game. Mm -hmm. But apparently they're going to do another one. And after that's completed, the next game in their queue will be a Korean War game based on the Price of Honor system. So kind of neat and it also talks about like uh prices going up 10 to 20 percent all prices are coming back up prices on physical games are likely going up also european countries are weighing changes to vat policy to make it more expensive to ship games over there that just doesn't sound good roy <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't know what to do there i mean i mean it, it makes a good point in this and i'll have this linked in the show notes that they're raising prices 10 to 20%, but it's not profits. It's basically just trying to continue at the same level they are, you know, to make it where they can afford to print it and afford to ship it. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess it's bad. Yeah, do you remember when Cokes, like, cost 50 cents? Uh, you know, it, it used to be at my work. The vending machine was at 50 cents, and then the boss realized that he was losing money for every can of soda that he sold. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> ah, oh, that's great. But, I mean, that's kind of the way I think of this, is like when Cokes were 50 cents in the machine, and slowly over time they crept up, and, you know, now it's like a buck. You know, and yeah. you just can't have that mindset. You have to lose it. You think, well, man, they've always been 50 cents. Like, well, yeah, when you were 10 years old. 30 and if you're buying a soda like at the rest area, it's like, you know, 350. Yeah. So it's like 35 years later. Yeah. They're, they, no, they went up. Huh. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Hubris is another game from waiting on a printer slot from GMT. It's a, an interesting layer of leader management and court intrigue baked into this game. Eh, okay. That's not like me. Sturm Europa. World War II Grand Strategy. Now redesigned with the Euro deck building aspects. It's been in development for about a decade. I'd like to call it the Duke Nukem of War Games. That's an old video game, kids, that took a long time to come out. Uh, latest guidance from the designer is going to kickstart it this summer. Eh, I don't know. See, this Vijaya Nagara. Yeah, the who? What? I, sorry, I, there was a there was a word in there. I was kind of a little bit waiting for you to say, and then I I kind of wanted to say it myself too. Did I blow past it's, it? Where is no, it? the the Deccan empires of medieval India, the Jaya Nagara. Oh, that's because I hadn't got that far yet. Yes. Oh, uh, you, 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 I'm you, skipping ahead. You just dove ahead. I was going to say, this is where we need Richard. He would go like, oh, well, guys, the guy that's writing Storm Europa was John Smith, and he put out this other game that I know and said it's good. I can't wait on this one. Or he'd be like, eh, nah, it's crap. He's like, I already got another game like that. I don't know. 
I don't know. We we should start a betting pool, but he'll listen to it and he'll throw the bet. That would be the thing. It's like we could do this and like, do you think what's the over and under on whether or not Richard says this is a good game? It's good, bad, or I haven't heard of it. We should start. Mm-hmm. That, anyway. Let's see. Downfall, World War Two uh, European theater game with a twist: no German player. Instead, in addition to playing themselves, the USSR player plays the Western Front Germans. And the US-UK player plays the Eastern Front Germans. Hmm. The late Chad Jensen had been working on it off and on for 10 years. And they're going to see John Butterfield and another developer, to be determined, will be bringing it to completion. So, well, that might sound it. All right. So now it is. Look for it in June or July on the P500. <laughs> now I can't do it. Now I can't say it. Oh. Vijayanagara? Vijayanagara. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's a hell of a... Yeah. Why would you call it that? Because people are just going to say it's Vagina Game. Uh, first <laughs> first title in the new Irregular Conflict series intended to be a more accessible version of Coin. Okay. 16 pages of rules, not counting setup and whatever. Okay. I, I've never played Coin. I just... I don't know... If it, I, I never thought of it as like super complex. You know, I've never heard anybody say that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe this vagina game is for dummies like me that are just like, <laughs> okay, you can't figure out coin. That's too much. So you play this one. This is the irregular conflict series. It's it's easier. I don't know. Uh, see a guest of Robin Hood. That's G E S T. Build as mini coin again. This is we're we're getting we're getting even smaller. We're now into mini cupcakes. All right, so it's we like were, a halfpenny version of coin. We were at, we were at cake, then we were at cupcakes. Now we're at mini cupcakes, and these just make Kevin angry. If you've seen that episode, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Oh, and then uh, Lock and Load Publishing. He talks about physical board game prices going up, and he reminds you that the markup is due to increased logistics cost and taxes. Publisher is not getting more profits. And also, due to customer feedback, they will be doing more emphasis on digital products going forward. I will say they have several games out on Steam that are well-rated, and I should probably spend time playing them more. And, uh, so, yeah, it, was it LNLT, Lock and Load Tactical? Yeah. Am I doing that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, there, there's a bit of software that they're going to be putting there. The second paragraph under Lock and Load Publishing. Let's see. Can be used for physical board game as well. When you set it up, you put in which physical games you own, and it'll construct a scenario that fits within the physical components of what you own. That's so. Okay. Yeah, so like... You can just, it's kind of a randomizer, I'm guessing, to, you know, throw it all together and... I like, anyway. how, I like how it goes with, like, okay, this is what you own, so you could do this scenario, this will work, and yeah. That's neat. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I guess due to the pandemic and whatnot, it's going to be, you know, it's way more emphasis on this kind of stuff. Because it reminds us, well, you know, you may not have. A, uh, a local face-to-face player. So this is what you may need to do. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's about all I wanted to say. Well, now I just toss it in here. 
Um, the next thing we had, Gen Con badges went on sale today. And uh, my friend and I decided, nah, we're not going to do it. I, I think it's mainly more and more companies keep pulling out. Mm-hmm. So since uh, it's not cheaper than it ever is, you know, we're kind of, we won't bang for our buck. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you want to be able to go and get the full experience of these companies that are always there and, you know, this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But I absolutely will continue to follow it and see how it goes. Uh, Asmo Day dropped out, I think, yesterday? or the it was, day- Yeah, it was re- somewhat recently. Yeah. You know, just that uh, May 21. And, yeah, okay, two days ago they, they dropped out. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen. And I'm very curious to see what it would be like. I just don't want to go up there by myself, especially if it's just going to be like, you know, just some crappy, you know, whatever, sort of watered down, this, that, and the other. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, the next thing, we may have already talked about this, the virtual tabletop for Morkborg. I know it's our favorite game. My favorite personal game to talk about and purchase and never play because I'm still waiting on my rule book to ship because uh, mm-hmm. part of that other Kickstarter I did. So there you go. And uh, this is uh, on itch.io. A person has set up a nice virtual tabletop for... It's called Misery, a virtual tabletop compatible with Morkboard based on doom metal aesthetics and rules-like mechanics. So, yeah, it's got some neat artwork and stuff and whatnot. Some people you can toss on there. And, uh, yeah. And you can buy into it at different levels. I think, what is the cheaper? I think you get 15 bucks all the way up to 50. And uh, you get some extra stuff tossed in there. So, there'll be links in the show notes. Um, the next thing is Black Seas in the Mediterranean from Warlord. I thought this was neat because there's galleys on there. And Mm -hmm. I had no idea they were still using those damn things up until like the Renaissance. That they were like, this is what we're going to do in the Mediterranean for like, you know, uh, for warships. Like a road ship, you mean? Yeah. I mean, they they have sails, but they also, they're galleys. They have, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they use slaves or whatnot, but I just found it fascinating. So, they're actually putting them in for uh, Black Seas, so you could do this. Let's see, it talks about galleys were out of favor by the age of sail were still used. Very long, low, and slender ships that use banks of oars as their main mode of propulsion. Identified easily by their long hulls and shallow drafts. They still maintain sails used to provide, should the winds prove favorable. So the splash page here has all of the the ships will have a ram on the front. It looks like. Looks that so, way. So I mean that's that's typically what those road galleys were for, which just poke holes in other boats, right? Mm-hmm. Ramming speed. Yep. That's what it's for. So. Uh, moving on to oh yeah, Rick Barber died uh, since we last spoke. Since the last podcast we did, and a lot of people were like oh, wow, I know him from this game and that game. So I just wanted to toss this list on here, and uh, you'll see it in the show notes. 
He's mainly known his like his biggest game was Summerstorm, the Battle of Gettysburg, but he did a whole lot of Napoleonic themed uh, board games and I'll just have them all like listed there in the notes. Oh, also, he's the one that did the uh, the game uh, Lee Takes Command that you know Richard always talks about, as well as the campaigns of Robert E. Lee for Clash of Arms games. So he has a pretty unique uh, art style. And uh, his. So this is the maps that he drew. Yes, or... he was the artist that often did the uh, covers, but he, these are the ones that he did games maps for. Okay. So yeah, he was a map maker for mm. board games. Rick Barber. And uh, see, I guess ah, the next thing was I tossed this on here because I just wanted to talk about Pathfinder. There is a Pathfinder Humble Bundle available, and uh, do you? play pathfinder at all roy uh yeah i have before it's it's been a while i'm i think it seemed like uh i played in a tournament that was pathfinder i mean it's to me it's kind of you know it's it's D D essentially but it's kind of the same it's um specifically 3.5 edition if i remember correctly mm-hmm. which is yeah. so weird and i mean it's also really weird to explain to someone uh, that doesn't roleplay, like, oh, well, they came out with this version of D&D, and there were so many issues with it, they had to do a 3.5 version. And mm-hmm. then they kind of quickly went into a fourth version. But there was this whole group of people that really, really liked 3.5 version, and so they started making this. So, yeah. Well, fourth edition came out as a response to like uh, World of Warcraft. Oh yeah, that is right. So it feels very World World of Warcrafty. Yes, where I remember the the, the focus on miniatures and um, yeah, the grid based combat and mm-hmm. facing mattered and all this good stuff. But mm-hmm. this is the second edition Beastry Humble Bundle, and so. Um, I do not know anybody that bought into Pathfinder 2nd Edition. So, I'm just curious. Um, yeah. I mean, I know people like it. I know it's insanely popular, but I don't know anybody. I was just curious if mm-hmm. you played it. Uh, speaking of D&D, I picked up yesterday Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. And uh, it's the new, what is this, five 5.0 version of Ravenloft. Oh, interesting. All right. I mean, Ravenloft is, I mean, it's probably the most well-known outside of, like, Greyhawk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you even call that? Well, it's Dragonlance. Uh, well, yeah, but it's, it's. I want to say section, but it's not a section. What do you call it? A uh, realm? Realm. Plane? Realm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's probably the most well, uh, well-known, and yeah, it's vampires and werewolves and shit, so. And I, like survival horror in a way. Yeah, I, I luckily my local shop had one uh, special edition uh, cover left. That you know the ones you get that are just the shop only ones, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to get that. So, and uh, yeah, it's hmm. I'm gonna actually this will be one I actually read. I recently um, acquired like the first five books from the the old Ravenloft books. You know, they start out with like I Strahd, I think. Mm -hmm. So you just know the history behind it. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, the second one or the third one is Night of the Black Rose. 
which is where, you know, Lord Soth comes in from Ravenloft. I'm sorry, comes in from Dragonlance for whatever freaking reason they decided to <laughs> put him over there. But anyway. So, the last thing we had, as my voice is just about gone, is Mantic announces Kings of War Worldwide Event as part of their Get Back Gaming Initiative. So, uh, it's they're going to advance their storyline. And so they'll probably do narrative games and, uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. this will change it. Said, uh... Abyss campaign. Uh, we've always had the plan. We want to hold an online campaign like Edge of the, the Abyss every two years. Never reached the goal. We were doing it for 2020. We're going to do it. Based, uh, it was a campaign based around the Halpy Mountains. And, uh, yeah. They even put out a new book called Halpy's Rift and a new two-player starter set based on the goblins fighting the Ratkin for control of the holes underneath Hoppy, and then the pandemic happened. So, hmm. just pushed it over here to 2021. And, uh, yeah. So there you go. That is it. This is really weird to do this Richard Light show, because there's all these sections where I'm like, Why do, okay, I need him to talk about this. And he's like, shh, just not here. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to absolutely, you know, kind of get this going, get this done, and mm-hmm. so uh, can have something out there for uh, well, if people wanted to actually li- listen to it and see what I can do podcasting wise. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. Yep. All right. I mean, ulti- well, ultimately, I oh. just hope to get that interview call. That's that's all it is. Just come in and talk to us. Not that I actually do well in interviews. I hate those in the sense of like it's like you know hey what's what's your um what is, what is the question these your worst quality oh and so you're like that i love too much yes i work too hard you know i mean how do you answer that i don't know anyway <laughs> i i have this uh, crippling fear of bicycles yeah it's like oh yeah that's it it's, it's like oh yeah I don't know. What do you expect? Me to expect? I, I'm lazy. You know, I, I hate working. I just go in and just collect shit. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's yep. just weird. I'm usually drunk or high every day. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it kind of goes... Will you hire me, please? Yeah. I would really love to have some job work. Thank you. In exchange. Money. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. So, uh, we'll have it better together in... Will we do this again in a week? I think we will put us back. Yeah, on track. I think so. Yep. Yeah, 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 Memorial Day weekend, we'll do it. All right. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Oh shoot, I'm not gonna be around. We'll we'll have to see what happens, I guess. Maybe you can do one with uh, with Rich without <laughs> me. Oh yeah, and then uh, you guys should do one without me. That would be okay. Great. Yeah. I don't know how that would work, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just record it and I'll just sit here and not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. See, so, yeah, boys and girls, we get weird toward the end and whatever. Anyway. Well, uh, hey, if anybody wants to uh, to hit me up on Twitter, I'm at Roy Toy Cowboy, uh, and uh, call me up. We'll talk. He loves movie suggestions. Given those, he I do. Yeah, so. All, right. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. I'm so sorry.